This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into another edition of the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast, the post-July 4th edition of the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. Um, Brian, as always, joined with by Brian Peroni. Brian, uh, feels a bit like calm, calm, a little calm before the storm with, with media days coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, a dead period for, for recruiting. It's, I guess it's, it's quiet unless you're a member of the Pac-12 and and USC and UCLA just left, but for for the rest of us, it, it's it feels like a bit bit of a quieter period right now. Yeah, well, I mean, we joked about things happening when I was on vacation. <laughs> Normally, that would have been the week that I would have taken vacation. Yeah. So yeah, just the whole <laughs> the the wheels fell off the college football world. I'm, I mean, yeah, who knows what this is gonna what this is gonna turn into? I think eventually we'll see. Just, I think we'll just see a completely different organization. I mean, it's, you know, people say like the AFC, NFC model. Yeah, I think it'll be 40 schools or so will have their own championship and then the other schools. But this might be the I, first, uh, the first, you know, domino there. I do too. I think, you know, I was talking with some people last week about this and, you know, just talking about the dominoes and where this all goes. And, uh, you know, it was actually a couple people who are fans of the Big Ten wondering, well, you know, how are the styles of UCLA and USC going to fit in? And it's a run first and defense and this. And I was like, nobody really cares about that, frankly. This is all a money thing and, and oh, yeah. you know, getting involved with Fox. They don't care about styles and whether the I mean, style plus, mixes in. SEC used to be four yards in a cloud of dirt too. But now, you know, SEC yeah. is, has evolved to, you know, the modern game, spread offenses, pro-style offenses. So, yeah, exactly. I, I mean – yeah. Plus, I mean, it's two teams, you know, when you play them, whatever. It's like when Georgia Tech is running, when they were running a triple <laughs> option in the ACC, you know, the whole yeah. the whole rest of the conference isn't going to be triple option. You know, that week exactly. you're going to have to you're going to have to adjust to something differently. So. And I'm pretty sure Ohio State wasn't like a ground and pound team last year. They no, had... I mean, they have the best receiver <laughs> core that I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Exactly. You know, so multiple first round you know, picks, and that doesn't even include Jackson Smith and Jigba, who will be one this year. So yeah, exactly. I, yeah, they weren't just yeah. So the styles, I mean, the the, the styles are going to be what they are, and and I, I think they'll be just fine. But yeah, you know, I think weren't we just last week talking about you know SEC media days, and there's probably going to be realignment, and we'll just yeah, do that yeah, all you over. Said, yeah, you said there'd be a story. So there was. I mean, that was, was kind of looking. That was quicker than the OU Texas. OU Texas, you know, Brent Warnerman posted something a couple of days later. It happened. This yeah. was like the morning, and then like six hours later, the the Big Ten had a vote, and like the USC and UCLA like official accounts were like, "Hey, we're now members or going to be members of Big Ten. Like that was, it was the with, fastest moving news cycle that like I've ever seen with something like that. It, it was within seven eight hours, and it, it seemed to just be done. It kind of started with that, you know, I tipped to the. To the you know, the Pac-12 guy out West who kind of had that story and 
you know, everybody kind of thought, is this real? And and then people within 10 minutes started confirming it and it, it was done. So uh, I had a little bit of excitement for sure. Um, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. Obviously, you know, the ACC and, and everybody's kind of looking at them. And a lot of people talking the, these past couple of weeks about the direction college football is going to go. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch. And who, who doesn't need a little bit of off-season excitement and drama. I think, we, you know, we're just going to get realignment every well, I, summer. Who, who doesn't? Or, or Oregon fans didn't need that. Now yeah, Oregon fans. Now they're left thinking, like, are we in the new, you know, are we in the yeah. new Big 12 or what's happening? What's happening with us? Are There's we in rough, the lame duck conference? So. Rough day for the guy who was on our board trolling, you know, A&M fans about recruiting, and then all of a sudden, you know, Pac-12 kind of <laughs> implodes before his I know. It will, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of uh, – yeah, you know what kind of sales job the coaches do there? Because, I mean, as it stands right now, that's not a power. It's not a power five conference. Yeah, if things, really, let's say not. things stay the same sort of system, that's not a power five conference anymore. So, yeah, I mean, is Oregon going to be able to recruit? Because this is pretty fast moving, and with the Big Twelve, yeah. with them losing Texas and Oklahoma, those other schools. I mean, the Kansas States of the world, the Iowa States, they're not really recruiting on you know the the national championship like win a national championship with us so i think they're doing just fine but you know schools like oregon who are trying to say you know come win a championship or you know washington even it's uh it's gonna be tough for them to to recruit especially when they don't have answers i mean the coaches there if everybody seemed to be just completely caught off guard the coaches there what are they telling recruits they don't know you know yeah. so it's 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 going to be really interesting to see what happens with that class yeah. And frankly, they need to figure out where, what kind of their next move is because right now they're also recruiting under uncertainty. Are they even going to be in the Pac-12 or do they want to stay in the Pac-12? I know everybody kind of fudged last week that they were you know, planning to stay together behind that Pac-12 statement and all that. But I guarantee you behind the scenes, all the schools are kind of looking at their options. And so if you're coaching you're kind of recruiting against that as well. And, and you know, what conference are you recruiting to be in and, and what is your conference going to look like? Um, no question. I mean, Oregon's got obviously the resource and facilities that they're always going to be able to sell, but, um, you know, it kind of comes at a rough time in, in, in the middle of one of the biggest months of the year in terms of recruiting and trying to close on targets before their senior year. And, you know, it does have very real A&M implications of, of what, you know, what does this mean for Dante Moore in in that race? And, you know, he's he's kind of still been looking around and, and A&M and Michigan and LSU and Oregon and Notre Dame have kind of been the schools that have been mentioned for him. Uh, you know, what direction does this go and, what, and how does this change things? And so it's going to be fascinating to watch. And, and that's just one of the moves. David Hicks is another one that's, you know, kind of a recruiting battle yeah. that – that A&M and Oregon are in the mix for, you know, does Dave, does DJ Hicks want to play at a conference where, you know, it's, it's kind of up in the air. And so, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of the impact of this is um, and, and, you know, where, where things go from here. Uh, but I, I have no doubt that schools will be trying to take advantage of this over the next couple of weeks and, and try to close in some guys and, and we'll see where it goes from there for sure. Also, okay, we got new names for the Big Ten. I mean, this has been called the Big Ten since they haven't had ten schools yeah. in over a decade. Like they, <laughs> they can't keep just being called the Big Ten now. With how I mean, yeah. I don't how many are in it? Thirteen now, fifteen? Are there sixteen? Nobody knows. I mean, what schools are even in it? Yeah. I had to look it up when I was like, <laughs> when I saw the Rutgers. You know, I was like, let's see how far apart these schools are. You know, a little forty-two hour drive. But I was like, all right, Rutgers is in there. I know that, but I don't. 
I mean, aren't some like Maryland, you know, in the Big Ten? Nobody knows that. But it's yeah, Maryland, it's Maryland and Rutgers and Penn State. It's kind of got you kind of got three quadrants right now. You got Maryland, Rutgers, and Penn State kind of off to the East Coast. You got UCLA and USC yeah. and on the West Coast now. And then you've just got the whole cluster in the middle, you know, the Nebraska's, Iowa's, Illinois, Minnesota's, Wisconsin's, Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan State. That's way and more so than 10 schools. They need to rename this. Yeah. Like as, yeah. the big the Big 15 isn't a terrible name, but I don't even know if that's right. I think the Big 15. I think they have 13 now, but I could be wrong. They could have 14. I don't you know. You know what? They the the SEC was smart in this in the in this front that you know these schools that have you know the Big Twelve and the and the the Big Twelve. What are they? Aren't they up to going to be up to fourteen teams at some point? So the Big Twelve is, the, is kind of in the same in the same mold at this point. You I know, know all the now, ones I'm just, have, now I'm just counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. All right, they do have fourteen now, so it's about to be the Big Sixteen. Yeah. All right, the Big Sixteen. That that's that was riveting name. TV there, by the way, watching me count. I know that people yeah. are tuning in for you that. Did, you did it pretty quickly though. Yeah. But, you know the big 16 that doesn't have a bad name and then you just got to keep evolving whenever you whenever you expand um but you know they you know maybe just come up with an entirely new name yeah just the middle just the middle bit the middle bit conference too right in the middle right you know just right in the middle although i guess usc Um, and ucla does and and rutgers being in jersey usc ucla and california doesn't exactly lend itself well to that either so who knows now the the fascinating part is frankly you know, it's kind of the race is on. Is USC and UCLA even are probably going to get into the Big Ten before uh, Texas and Oklahoma do? Before, I mean, if if the timeline, yeah, if the timeline timeline deep to what they are, then yes, yeah, that would happen before. Yeah, Texas, no, you. But if it, this has to, like, so all the conference is changing. It's going to have to change the TV deals, and that's what OU and Texas are waiting on. Which I don't. I mean, yeah, those both those schools are rich. Just pay the deals, but whatever. Um, but that's what they're waiting on. So I would almost think that this deal would become null, although. But you, no question what what you what you kind of pointed out there about the TV deals. There's there's no question, you know, and and Fox, frankly, behind the scenes, they were negotiating their TV deal with the Big Ten right now or Big 16. Um, and so, you know, it's it's certainly going to have an impact on that front and you would think on on those negotiations and maybe why there hadn't been an announcement yet and why they were kind of waiting for this announcement to to take place about USC and UCLA before they really um decided to announce that deal and so you're right I think TV's TV stuff is going to is going to play a huge role especially you know US I mean ESPN can certainly you know get involved behind the scenes and 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 make things happen on the on the Texas and Oklahoma front and and 2024 is certainly possible possible in that realm as well um switching gears a little bit uh you know looking we're now um part of the uh the gig 24 7 countdown that is on twitter you can follow along yeah. there if you need to yeah. stay up to date on how many days until the season gets underway we're down to 60 days um until the season gets underway uh less less than should, nine weeks i don't know if that's a lot of time or a little yeah. time but yeah, it, it it probably still feels like a lot of time for for fans and and all that going on, but you know things are going to move quickly over the next month. The SEC media days is about two and a half weeks away at this point. Um, Thursday, July twenty first, will be Jimbo Fisher on the podium, uh, which should be a great a great day and and a lot of a lot of questions 
I'm sure about, um, you know, Nick Saban. I'm sure we'll get a lot of that again rehashed and, and, a, and a, whole, a whole bunch of other stuff going on. But uh, but um, from there, things are going to move pretty quickly. Um, August is right around the corner. Fall camp um, is going to get underway soon. But, um, you know, we've got all these uh, preseason rankings that are coming out now. We're kind of into ranking season um ESPN football power index and you brought up a good point that you know there was looking at the football power index A&M was given like a zero percent chance to win out which is crazy um we're not least, we're not know, okay hold on. we're not saying a and going to win out but I mean the computer gives statistically <laughs> yeah. A&M 0. 0.0 so that's that's none right I mean it, it may have been like point oh 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 one whatever, but yeah, yeah. He gave A and M before the season ex- starts, zero point zero percent shot of winning out. For a team that, for a team that, um, you know, has has been picked in a lot of top tens and 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 some top fives of of polls. You know, we're not saying that the you know the odds would be high that they're going to win out, especially in the SEC West and having to go through you know the likes of Alabama and LSU, but. And playing uh, Miami, that Miami non-conference game and, is, I think fans might be, my, I've said it before, might be overlooking that. Tyler Van Dyke is a really yeah. good quarterback. I think 24-7 yeah. just had a had sort of a feature on Van Dyke today about how he could end up, be, you know, the being a, a first-rounder, the third QB taken after Stroud and whoever else is, you know, supposed yeah. to be the high QBs I mean, taken. That is a game I think is going to is gonna be an early test. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't overlook that either. Uh you know, I've done some some preseason stuff, and and people have asked me about that Miami game, and I do think it's going to be a challenging game. I do think A and M will win it, but um, do I think A and M fans should be overlooking it? Absolutely not. Um, speaking of Miami, they were one of the teams um, I think was a little surprising in those ESPN Football Power Index um, rankings that came out. Twenty four seven had a story on it as well. Um, Alabama number one, Ohio State number two, Georgia number three, Clemson number four. Nothing really surprising there. Oh, Notre Dame number five, uh, Michigan number six, Texas. Okay, okay. So all of seven. those, yeah, all of those returning, yeah. and then Texas, who yeah. you know five and seven last year's now. Five and the, seven. The computers have them now, the number seven team in the country. They have a one percent, a one percent chance to win out. It's <laughs> good. What do they have um, for, to win the conference? I don't think. Oh, I don't have a. Oh, win the conference. They have a. They have a thirty-nine point eight percent chance to win their conference. And you. So here's my thing, right? Like, so just finishing out the rest of the rankings, and we'll get back to that in a second. Oklahoma, um, right behind them at number eight. Um, then Miami, then LSU, then Auburn, then Texas A&M. Okay, so there's a lot of, you know, to dive into this. But, you know, starting with Texas, much like A&M, they're, they're – they, you know, I think everybody kind of assumes that Quinn Ewers is going to be the starter and um, and beat on Hudson Card. He's yet to even start a um, Division One college football game. And so, you know, if you want to talk about quarterback uncertainty um, – you know, A&M's choosing from Max Johnson and Haynes King, both guys who have experience playing. May, obviously, Haynes King a little less than uh, Max Johnson does, but A&M has an experienced starter that uh, has had success in the SEC. Uh, 
And so if the point with A&M is, well, you know, they've got to figure out the quarterback position, well, A&M has experience and, and depth at that position. And so, um, you know, and they have some question marks on defense, but I also think they have a lot of guys back like Antonio Johnson and um, still a lot of guys on that defensive line that, you know, have, have seen some time and, and they do have some guys to replace. There's no question, but um, there's a lot of talent there. Um, the secondary is obviously a big time strength with, Damani Richardson as well back and Edron Cooper and among the linebacker group. So, um, you know, I think the defense will ultimately end up being fine, but several head scratchers and the Auburn is another head scratcher. Obviously Zach Calzada is now over at Auburn. I don't know what Auburn's going to well, do yeah. at the quarterback spot. I mean, there's Calzada is getting a lot. I mean, he's getting hyped up as possibly being the guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Zach Calzada beat Alabama. He had the game of his life to yeah. beat Alabama, and and yeah. that should just be his highlight reel, you know, for the rest of his life. He should show that. Outside of that, I mean, Zach Calzada last year was, I mean, just to be kind, was not good, you know, to, about as kind yeah. as I can put Average to not good. Just, yes, yeah, yes. And, I mean, I you know, so – and A&M had no downfield passing game. And, I mean, I know the the line and the receivers were some part of that, but I think – so, it, like, it's just weird – to see Auburn ahead of, of A&M. Okay. Now again, these are computer rankings, so it's not, I mean, people are going to say, Oh, ESPN yeah. hates A&M. It's not that it's the computer that that's spitting these out. And yeah. if, let's just say the, the transfers went out. Well, Max Johnson had a better year. He beat A&M. So it's just weird with what A&M returns yeah. and what, what Auburn returns. I mean, and, you know, it, it's it's nitpicky in the rankings, but yeah, it's just odd that that they would be the computer would have them one spot ahead of uh, of A yeah. and M in these rankings. No doubt, and you know, even looking at a guy like Devon Achain doesn't it? It feels like I expected him to get mentioned a little more this off season than he really does, but um, you know, just a dynamic dynamic weapon in the in the backfield and i know you know obviously a&m's got to replace isaiah spiller but they have a pretty darn good option there to replace him in terms of the running game that running game is not going to skip a beat um no i mean what Layton robinson is is getting preseason all-american yeah uh you know honors from people he's that you know he was uh espn adam as a first round pick so you know him and then obviously bryce foster ruben fathery coming back and then you know you you'll have to figure out the other two but yeah, that's a. I mean, the line. Okay, the line is going to you know have its fair share of struggles, but looking at the rest of the SEC, AM is in better shape than almost anybody. You know, everybody's yeah. going to have struggles on the offensive line. So, so yeah, I mean, I okay, AM, You know, the, the ones that have them, some people have them at two or three. You know, early in the thing. That's that's a little high, but yeah, a little high. But I mean, but yeah, if you. I mean, 12 seems really low, especially behind LSU and Auburn. Now, LSU did beat A&M last year on one of their down yeah. years. So, you know, I, I guess you can't complain too much. But And then, and then Texas at seven. Now, yeah, Quinn Ewers is coming. Ewers did not throw a pass last year for Ohio State. Uh, they do have Bijan yeah. Robinson, Xavier Worthy, and, you know, some good receivers. But their defense is is questionable. And it's That's a team that was yeah. five and seven last year and lost to Kansas. I'm not trying to rub in the Kansas loss, but – a team that's five and seven and lost to Kansas is, I mean, is number seven overall in the country. They're ahead of yeah. OU, you know. I mean, OU, I guess, lost its coach, but I mean, they're ahead of a lot of really good schools. Yeah, and so you know, that's 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 kind of my question: five and seven coming off, not even making a bowl, um, 
and, you know, kind of question marks about, you know, they've got, you want to talk about question marks along the offensive line. I think Texas certainly has questions along the offensive line. I think they've certainly got a lot of playmakers that they can kind of turn to, but, you know, Oklahoma went out and added an experienced guy as well. Dylan Gabriel obviously comes with a lot of experience from UCF and, and what he did there. And, you know, obviously it's a step up to another level, but um, you know, even looking out at the rest of the the top fifteen, right behind A and M, Utah, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, those are three schools that are coming off really, really, really good years. Um, Utah obviously has a quarterback back again, so that's going to be an interesting team to watch. Oklahoma State um, has been actually one of the more consistent teams in the Big Twelve over the last decade or so in terms of consistent win production and Michigan state is coming off a really good year as well. So, uh, you know, all three of those schools probably have arguments to be hired as well. And, and, you know, kind of have expectations. Utah was probably the hottest team in the country last year at the end of the year, obviously beat down Oregon twice, uh, went to the Rose bowl and, and had a great game against Ohio state. And so, um, you know, I think expectations are justifiably high for them, but, you know, A&M, you know, just looking at the rest of the returning players on defense, Brian George, you've got a Brian, a healthy Brian George back healthy, obviously in the secondary and not, not saying these guys are going to be, you know, but, but you just have a lot more depth. You know, I was listening to um, Jalen Jones talk recently and he kind of pointed out they were super banged up in the secondary in terms of guys that were actually healthy. Uh, Miles Jones, yeah, another guy. Jones. You know, you got Edger and Cooper, Jalen Jones. And... Yeah, they've got a lot of they've got they've got more pieces to turn to on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, just interesting. You know, it's off season. It's the you know time to kind of banter around about rankings and all that, and um, everybody's kind of throwing together different predictions and and what they think is going to happen. So, um, just thought that one was particularly surprising with with schools like Auburn and, and two first year coaches um, or, you know, first years at their, at their respective programs in Miami and LSU. And then obviously uh, Texas and Oklahoma um, as well. So just, just really interesting rankings. Um, and we'll see, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, but, you know, this, this will certainly be an interesting one to follow. Um going to touch on some recruiting notes after the break. Um, it is a dead period, but um, you know, as we kind of talked about last week as well, um, this is a really, really busy time with guys making decisions. A&M had a couple targets narrowed down their list last week um, or kind of trending for, for another one as well. So um, after the break, we'll have we'll have several recruiting notes and, and catch you guys up on all the latest as, as A&M kind of gears up for a, a big month and, and the recruiting barbecue at the end of the month as well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. Um, I am Andrew Hattersley, joined as always by Brian Baroni. Brian, um, you know, there's been a lot of recruiting news over the past couple of weeks. No commits yet for A&M. I know we get was there, asked wait, every was there already, week. Wait, was there already a commit? Did, uh, did Damian Samper, did he committed by the time we oh, they, recorded yes, this I last week? Yes, I believe he had committed. Okay. Yes, so I no, believe he had. No new, man, so I thought we, had, we were going to be able to had, break, break some news. Yeah, Damian Sanford. We 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 broke him down on the on the on the podcast. We can do that again. Uh, I still think that was that was a great addition for Ray and M. Um, he committed um, six twenty six twenty seven. So we we he covered him on, on our, Monday. On our, yeah, because he had the yeah, he had so the official on our, Yeah. Yep. So we did him on our Tuesday podcast. Um. So no no news since then, uh, which I think fans have been kind of eagerly awaiting for. And again, as you and I have kind of said, I would just just have some patience. It's gonna it's gonna be all right. I swear. At the end of the year, it's gonna yeah. be all right. We're only in early July right now, but uh, a couple key targets did narrow down their list last week. Uh, Malik Muhammad, um, starting with him, I was out at South Oak Cliff and um, on Thursday and. That was kind of when he put out the announcement that he was going to be uh, having an announcement coming up at 7.30. They're doing off-season workouts and um, kind of came right after that. I had a chance to catch up with him. and So his was what, a down top to three a or top, top four? Top, down, to, down to a top three of, of Texas A&M, Texas, and Alabama. And, you know, the truth, truthfully with Malik Muhammad, I don't think there's anybody who really has, you know, a good sense of what he's going to do right. yet. He told me – unequivocally that he wants to have this done and over with by the time his senior year started. And that's kind of the sense I got uh, just being around South Oak Cliff last week is that he kind of wants to, he's, he's kind of getting closer to wanting to make a decision. And so um, I mentioned he was very likely going to be back for the um, A&M pool party at the end of the month, um, which will be a big one because that'll probably be A&M's last chance to really make you know, a face-to-face impression in, in front of him. Wouldn't be a shock to see him go back to, to Texas as well during that final week and, and Alabama. Um, you know, I could see him making stops at all three. But, um, you know, he's coming off a visit to Texas A&M, and I know there's been a lot of Texas buzz as well. But, you know, in speaking with him and the people around him, Texas A&M really put on a good visit for him as well. Um, continued as they have since the beginning to stress that he's a priority, that – um, you know, that he's, he's right at the top of the board. And, and I think he's, he's appreciated continuing to hear that because, you know, other schools continue to, to kind of bring up that A&M signed, you know, a, a big secondary last year and, you know, spots and numbers and all that sort of stuff. But Malik Muhammad's as high a priority for A&M as, as it gets. And, and also, I do, um, I do get Manny, the Manny Muhammad doesn't, oh, Manny Muhammad doesn't lack in self-confidence either. So no. I'm not sure that approach really pays off too much about A&M having, having some good players on campus. Oh, 100%. And we actually did talk about that because um, Nick Saban, um, when he went out there for, for his visit to Alabama, Nick Saban kind of mentioned you can come in here and, and start right away for us. Um, and, you know, I asked him what he kind of thought about that. And he said, listen, he said, I, I have a pretty high belief in myself. So that, yeah. he said, for a lot of people that might be, you know, you know, that might be, kind of flattering he said for me that's kind of what i 
expect he's I like, should be able to do. So, like, <laughs> sir, that was already a given. Oh, I would have loved to see his response yeah. to Nick Saban. Like, yeah, I know. Like that was my plan. Yeah, I know. Thank you, thank you. That was that. Was, I had already chalked that one up to amongst the things that at Alabama. Him, him, and um, you know, Jonte Cook. I know he he. When we were talking, he he kind of mentioned, yeah, you know, I look at Alabama's receiving core. I think I can come in there and and make an immediate impact. So you know, those those Dude, two. Jonte Jonte Cook would have expected to start at Ohio State last year. He's got the confidence too. I love it. I'm not. I'm not bashing him at all. I, I, love I, it too. I, I mean, as long as it doesn't like just I, as long as you back it up on the field, you know, go yeah. for it, man. Have that confidence. So yeah, but yeah, Jonte Cook would have been he would have gotten to Ohio State and been mad if that he wasn't starting over a trio of first round picks, man. That's, <laughs> exactly. that's great. His his belief is is sky high, and you know they're they're two of my favorites. So you know it's it's just fun. They and you know what they always end up giving a great interview, and so it's it it makes it it makes it more fun when they'll give you good answers but you know it was interesting talking to him too we we kind of laughed about the fact that he's got uh one teammate now committed to A&M and one committed to to Texas and Billy Walton um you know and he said both are just absolutely blowing up his phone um oh, yeah. trying to recruit him to to their school and and that you know somebody had asked earlier is Javon Thomas recruiting um Malik Muhammad to to A and M, and and the answer was absolutely yes. He talked about that during the spring, and so um, you know it's it's going to be interesting because I, I I think I think there's more shifts to go. There has been shifts in this recruitment throughout, um, and so you know it's it's going to be important for A and M to really crush that last official visit weekend because I think that's that's really what's going to leave the last impression on him. There's no question we've talked about this last week that Texas has has a lot of buzz right now and has had a great couple of weeks, but um, you know, at some point A&M is going to kind of go on a run themselves. And um, you know, they've been in a good spot from Malik Muhammad wait, dating back to the spring. Um, and just, it, it comes down to closing now and, and being able to close out this recruitment as, as they've done a lot of times before in some head to head battles. And um, I think that's kind of where this one sits right now as well. I think there's another head-to-head battle with the yep. top uh, in-state defender coming up too. There sure is, and Anthony Hill. Um, he also narrowed down his list last week to Texas A&M and Texas, um, and is looking ahead to a uh, official visit at the end of the month to to A&M. And and this is probably given. No, no. So his his, his visit is not going to be official. If I if I remember correctly, he just said, "Yeah, he's going to spend the weekend, but he's he'll still have an official yes. that he can use he will, use during the season. He's used his other four. Yeah, if he's still going to spend the weekend, then I mean, he doesn't get as much. He doesn't get as way. much food, but you know, whatever. Yeah, he'll he'll be, he'll be all right. He's been and he's been down there so many times at this mm-hmm. point. And that was and that was the other point you know made about. Manny Muhammad is he's been to each school so many times and Anthony Hill's a little bit the same way. Now it's just about, he's seen pretty much everything he's going to see. Oh yeah. And so now it just comes down to making a decision and finding out where you want to get. But you know, this, this one for A&M is a big one. After missing out on, on Harold Perkins last cycle, Anthony Hill feels like kind of a, you know, in a, in a way kind of a must win just in terms of being able to, you know, set that linebacker, room up for the for the future this is a big one and um it's also a line in the sand in in recruiting because i mean texas does have momentum you know a lot of the texas guys i do like i do like what they're doing but you know a lot of what is given us momentum are sort of borderline three four stars but they did you know john tay cook um Derek williams from new iberia louisiana i mean they did end up 
with some good players. So A&M needs to counter that momentum. Now, yes, A&M and Texas don't play on the field, you know, at least for three years. Um, they're not, you know, rivals by any means, but they do recruit the same people. So uh, A&M to get some kind of momentum back, it would be huge if they could, you know, uh, win out this this Anthony Hill battle. Same thing with uh, Malik Muhammad. Uh, and Anthony Hill has mm-hmm. some crystal balls. Steve Wolfong and I both put him in for A&M. It was quite some time ago. You know, Texas has definitely made up some ground, but he really likes A&M system on defense. He loves that that two linebacker system. He can play either spot. Uh, he really likes uh, Tyler Santucci. So, um, you know, AM has a lot going for it. And, and you know, we know what happens at that, that pool party and recruiting barbecue, the momentum that that seems to come out of that. Because, you know, AM, it, it is sort of like a family. And I think, you know, last year we heard some recruits talking about that. They're like, you know, both schools had the barbecues or, or pool parties. So the AM one did, you know, you could just, they said it just felt different. So, you know, Anum has that going for it, you know, and, and getting him in town for the whole weekend at the end of this month. So, yeah, they, they I, I would say that's a must win for a number of reasons. They need him as a player, yeah. but they also need him for just, you know, the optics of it all. No question. And, you know, it, it kind of a fun side of Jimbo came out at that pool party last year. And, you know, we, we talked to guys who said, you know, they were laughing about, you know, Jimbo was right in the middle of the water balloon fights and things like that. I think players just see a different side of Jimbo during that pool party and, um, they have really, really hammered it home to recruits over the past couple of weeks. You know, the guys, a couple of guys I've talked to have said, yeah, you know, A&M really mentioned that multiple times during the visit about come back for the recruiting oh, yeah. barbecue at the end of the summer. And so I think that's where they're really gearing up to be able to um, build some momentum off of that. It, it serves as a launching point into the fall. It's kind of a last visit salvo as you head into, you know, kind of the fall season of being able to host guys for games. And so um, it's a big weekend and, you know, being able to get those two guys back on campus when, you know, I think both, you know, neither would be a shock if they, if they, um, a certain Malik Muhammad has kind of made it clear and, and with Anthony Hill too, I believe his dad was talking with um, Steve Wolfong during the spring and said, after we take kind of our visits in July, yeah. it could be any time after that. It could, it could go deep into the fall. It could, it could be in August. I don't think they have a solidified timeline yet. Um, it's going to be kind of a based on feel, but um, I certainly think you'll see a lot of A&M start to gain a lot of momentum. And, and who knows, you know, this is one of the things we've kind of talked about before. A guy like Walter Nolan came in for the pool party and things kind of turned from there. A&M really used the pool barbecue to to kind of build into the towards that number one class. And things kind of took a swing um, at that pool party. And so – I mean, well, uh, yeah. So one of the stories people may forget, Jacoby Matthews, LSU had yeah. he was committed to LSU. LSU had an event and the same day, you know, he was everybody thought he was going to that. Instead, he went to AM. Not only did he go to AM on his way driving down to, or over to College Station, uh, he decommitted from LSU. So I mean, yeah, there's yeah, that like fans said, I know I understand the frustration for fans, especially as they watch other schools get commits, you know, last week and then yesterday, July 4th were really big commitment days, you know, with the official visits over for a lot of kids. Yeah. But, you, I mean, you've got one, look what happened last year. But also, historically, Jimbo Fisher has always tried to close strong. And, I mean, that happens when you're going after the top recruits in the country. Not most – the majority of them don't commit early. I mean, they just <clears> – <throat> they take their time. They wait. They commit on early signing period or even to the, to the later signing period. And, you know, that happened – Last year, so I'd just say be patient. A&M is not all of a sudden – they're not going to go from the top class in the country to number 30. 
You know, it's not going yeah. to happen. They're not just going to fall off. You know, this yeah. it's going to be a really good class. So, like I said, patience. I know fans in general, you know, patience is tough. And I know A&M fans have been burned in the past, but this is a different, this is a different regime. No doubt. And, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things. The momentum is going to pick up. This staff is, is built on, on several elite recruiters. Um, and, you know, so just, just a little bit of patience. And, and, you know, I think there are guys that they're certainly in good position for talking to some people last week, you and I have talked a lot about TJ Shanahan. Um, and that's a guy I put in a crystal ball for him on Friday. Um, really like where A&M stands with him. I think, you know, a decision before the beginning of his senior year would not be a shock. Um, yeah, I he, told, he told me he told me he doesn't have a date yet, but I yeah, it wouldn't be yeah. it wouldn't be surprising wouldn't be if something happened. I think I think LSU is probably the, the biggest challenger to AM on that front. I know George is in there as well. Um, and he mentioned USC and Oregon as as two other schools that were starting to engage. But um, you know, this is a guy that AM's been in pursuit of for over a year and a half at this point. And, you know, when you look at guys that their personalities really seem to mesh well with Steve Adazio, I think TJ Shanahan's right at the top of the list in terms of guys that um, I think would respond really, really well to, to Steve Adazio. And he kind of mentioned that before that, you know, he thought like he, he felt like, I think he mentioned it to you that he felt like he cooked really well with Steve Adazio during um his official visit weekend. And so um really like where AM stands with him. That was that's probably the piece of good news that I would that would that I would have talking to some people last week. Um and would be a big one to get in the fold because I think he would he'd be another guy that would really embrace the recruiting role of um you know trying to get others to join him, um, especially along the offensive line. So that could be that could be a nice momentum piece and um I'd expect him to be at the at the barbecue as well. He's already been on campus four times. And so um, wouldn't be a shock to see him get back um, for a visit uh, later this month as well. And, and uh, potentially look ahead to a decision um, later this summer for sure. And so um, that's, that's probably the one that, um, that I, I, I think if you, if you look at, at potential momentum starters and guys that could join the class, I think TJ Shanahan's, Certainly one to keep an eye on, and, and Guy A&M is, is in good shape for, and, and just need to close it out and, and and get him in the fold. Oh, no, for sure. I'd agree with that. And I think, yeah, him and Colton Thomason, you know, two really good good linemen, two guys that could play a number of positions. And, yeah, T.J. Shannon, he's actually he's lost some weight. He was, uh, you know, 325, big old, you know, big old kid. I mean, he, he he's fine playing it that way, but he's come in at yeah. 308 and 309 at a couple recent uh, – recent events. Yeah. So, you know, that just shows that, you know, he's also willing to put in the work and I mean, just a mauler with the mean streak. So, and, and yeah, I mean, he's, he's a guy that would, would get people excited. You know, fan, actually these days fans do get really excited about offensive line commits. I remember when I just followed recruiting, I never, I was like, ah, oh, an offensive lineman, you know, didn't realize how, how important <laughs> that was, but he's a guy that, you know, other recruits will take notice because they know he's really good. And then he wins, you know, a state championship finishes number two in the country with Westlake last year. So, you know, proven, proven that he can, you know, he knows how to win. So that also helps. No doubt. And just a guy that, that A&M is really, really locked in on. I mean, he's, he's died, you know, Jimbo Fisher has been invested in and, uh, and Steve Adazio has been invested in as well. And so, um, wouldn't be wouldn't be a shock to see him in this class for sure. Um, other than that, you know, it's it's just going to be kind of a, a 
wait and see over the next couple of weeks as guys kind of, you know, I think guys are going to kind of take this month to, to either cut down lists or, or kind of get together with families and kind of figure out what the next direction is before their high school seasons get underway next month. But, um, you know, I think we'll certainly see some other guys start to line up decisions. Uh, Miles McVeigh is another one um, of note confirmed to me last night. He is looking to make a decision on August. Let me make sure I get the date right. Cause it was, it was an important one. Um, he will make a decision on August 11th. Um, it's his mother's birthday. And so um, really wanted to do it on that date. And so A&M had him in a, for an official visit last month. Another guy, when you talk about, um, you know, visited Oregon last month, what impact does, does everything that happens that's happened with Oregon have on a guy like that? Um, and Michigan State's another school in the mix for him as well. And so um, he'll make a decision next month that it's, has, has locked in that date now. So um, another name to, to keep an eye on, and I think we'll get a we'll get a better sense of where things stand with him as as things kind of look ahead to next to next August, but uh, or to towards August. Um, with that, Brian, we're going to go ahead and and close this down for the week. Um, I expect we'll have more realignment news by the end of next week as we continue to kind of say this, and I'm sure there'll be there'll be plenty more to to kind of dive into next week um, as media days get get closer and closer. Um, you know, Jimbo Fisher and the staff will be speaking at the Texas High School Football Coaches meetings later this month as well. Uh, I believe they're scheduled to speak July 17th, if I remember right. They're giving a lecture to the coaches on uh, play action passing and forcing turnovers. Um, and so they'll they'll be speaking and, and you know, several in-state staffs will be speaking as well. So um, be sure to stay tuned for that and, and we'll have you covered with all the latest of that. And all the latest recruiting news over on Gigam Two Four Seven. Reminder: If you have been looking to give Gigam Two Four Seven a try, um, today is the last day. We are running a two for one special where you can get two months of VIP access for just a dollar. Um, tremendous deal. The details are over on the Gigam Two Four Seven social media accounts. Um, so be sure to look out for that if you've been looking to give the site a try. Um, no better time to give it a try to them right now. We'll have you covered with with plenty of with all the latest and that'll cover you through fall camp as well, leading into the season. Um, so just the perfect time to give that a try. Um, and be sure to stay locked into our uh, YouTube and, and, and Spotify channels as well. Um, be sure to give us a subscribe and a like on YouTube and a five-star review on Spotify and iTunes. Um, and subscribe to those to get the latest on when a new podcast drops. Um, so with that, I hope everybody has a great week getting back into the fold after the July 4th weekend. And we'll be back next week with, with plenty more. Take care, guys.